0: In compliance with Memo EX-1063 from City Hall... This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Meeting is now in session. Hey, Hayden. Hey. How are hey. you doing? Good. Uh, shall we uh, Shall we take attendance? Okay. We, we do this pretty much every week.
1: Yes, that's so true. Why, we do.
0: Why stop now?
1: Okay. Yeah, well, let's not stop. Okay, go. 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 You want me to go? Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So first we have Darth
1: apollycus
0: I'm I'm getting a uh, no. Really?
1: <laughs> yep. Darth Darth Apologous. Yep, I'm still leading the Empire's troops in this sector.
0: You know, one day Star Wars just won't be around and then you'll we'll be looking back and wondering what we were even talking about. It'll
1: just make me angry.
0: It'll just, just make you angry. So I suppose then that I am in that case, I am still uh, Moff Morgan. Good Moff Morgan. Yep. Best Moff Morgan.
1: Best Moff ever. Yeah. So, do we have quorum today? We do not. We do we, One day. Someday. One day we'll quorum. Yeah. Okay. I'm hoping to get some stormtroopers in here for next week.
0: Nice. Yeah. Nice. Just get about a dozen, and okay. we'll have more than quorum.
1: I will do my best. Excellent. Yep.
2: Oh, so,
0: but we also we have a guest today.
1: We do. We have Cassidy McFadden.
2: Hello, thanks for having me. Hey,
1: Cassidy. Hi.
0: So, my notes here say that you are a um, local person. It's true. Uh, We need better notes, Paul.
1: Sorry, sorry.
0: I'm going to make a note.
1: Sith Lords are not good at writing notes.
0: Get more detail. um, I'll finish the note later. (laughs) So, Cassidy, uh, we... uh, it's good to have you on, and uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Regina Word Up and po- and the Poetry Slam coming up.
2: Well, I'm I'm happy to. Um, so I'm a I'm a local poet per se, um, and we have an event tomorrow at the Word Up Poetry Slam, which is at the Creative City Center here in Regina. The event is uh, a fundraiser for the English Student Association's uh, Trash Talking Conference in the spring. So it's all—all all proceeds are kind of going towards supporting a, a, a student-run conference on pop culture and, and and creative writing.
0: So that's what happens if if you don't. Because I was worried if you they didn't raise enough money that maybe. They would, they would lose their license to like speak English.
2: Exactly. It it, oh. it could be tight, so we're really hoping that people will come out tomorrow at um eight eight p.m. I think seven thirty the entrance and eight p.m. the the slam begins. The
0: Slam begins. Indeed. Hmm. So, if you're for those who have never been to a poetry slam and are just used to going to like genteel sort of like poetry readings, which you know most people do on of an evening. Uh, so what what can what can people expect what's the difference between this and something something more
1: traditional
2: That's a really good question, and in fact, um I should confess though i 'm the featured reader tomorrow i 've never actually attended a poetry slam oh. before. Really, but I, <laughs> there's a little bit of there's a little bit of tension, perhaps, or a little controversy between page poets and slam poets. So maybe we'll get a little bit of that tomorrow. But I, I did manage to do some research on what a poetry slam involves. And it's very, it seems really great. Um, there's there's people that can um, sign up, so anyone can sign up. And you have about three minutes to perform a poem. And you are then given um, a presentation of how well you did on a scale of one to ten. And the winner mm. is the slam king, I think, is the technical... Slam, I'm not yeah. totally sure about that <laughs> last camp? that last the detail, slam but the, the, slam, the slam hero, I don't the slam the, the slam poet. I'm not quite sure. I
0: I, I bet poet would be a good that would probably be a pretty good uh, noun to
2: put yeah. in there.
1: Is there a belt? Say. Is Do there you win a, a belt?
2: belt? Um. Perhaps of the losers, maybe they must sacrifice...
1: Their belts? Their belts. So their, belts the their pants fall down. <laughs>
2: to the winner. And then they have to
0: walk around in a A circle. public shaming. A public yeah. shaming. Cool. Nice. Well, th- there should be stocks as well. They should be pilloried.
1: So they should do. They oh, should get, they get all use- renaissance on everything. Uh, they, they- yeah.
0: <laughs> they're going to get all renaissance on the losers. Right. And all postmodern on the winner. Oh, jeez. I, I don't even know what that would be. Yeah. I have no
1: I'm yes, sure hard, it would like fracture say. their reality. And <laughs> um, so you, you mentioned that there's there's conflict between mm-hmm. page poets and slam poets.
2: Tell us more.
1: We need to know what's the dirt <laughs> dish. Um,
2: I'm not sure it's I'm not sure it's a real conflict. It might just be in our in our heads. Um, but I think there's a definite. Um, genre divide between performance poets and page poets right because slam poets or performance poets are generally more exciting perhaps more um relevant in their subject matter and better able to utilize the art of of public speaking and performance whereas if you go to a, a poetry reading um oftentimes page poets are really horrible at reading their own work (laughs) so I think maybe that's where some of the tension comes from um and of course slam poetry also comes from hip-hop and you know that Mm -hmm. kind of spoken word environment so it's just it's just a lot cooler and I think page poets just you know they're old-fashioned they send their poems out through Canada Post oftentimes still today write with a, a scribe or some sort of a, feather? <laughs> A feathered Big quill. quill. Yeah. Um. So I think there's just maybe. You, it's, should, yeah. <laughs> you should send your poems like to
0: the venue by Canada Post, and then say, um, yeah. I'm waiting, just waiting for my poems to show up. They, they haven't quite poem. arrived
2: yet. Yeah, oh. that delay.
0: So why why now to why why now to go from the the relatively glamorous world of page poetry, to the <laughs> Also, glamorous world of of, of slam poetry.
2: Um, it's a I'm I'm really honored to be asked to perform. I feel it's a it's a privilege, and I'm excited to share my work with maybe a younger audience. Also, <laughs> maybe that's the other divide um, that occurs sometimes in the poetry world. Um, and I think it really speaks to what what the trash talking conference is, right? Which is bringing together English literature and kind of analyzing. Um, poetry and and fiction and these kind of things with pop culture and things that are relevant and creative writing and something more lively. So maybe the old and the new perhaps.
1: Cool. So uh, you're going to be there as a featured poet, but will you actually slam?
2: This is a question I have. <laughs> no, I'm I'm fairly co- I'm I'm hoping I I'm, I don't think I'm a part of the slam. Not that I would, you know, it's it's pretty terrifying. Anyone who gets up to slam, I have so much, you know, um r- respect for because I think it is quite terrifying, but um no, I won't be. <laughs>
1: right. But do you have a poetry finishing move prepared in case you do mm. have to?
2: It's it's a good thing you brought that up now, so that I have time to think of one before tomorrow,
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> in
2: case it comes to that. Yeah,
1: I recommend the suplex.
2: Ooh.
1: Yeah, and the that's half, the half limit. Nelson. The half Nelson. I think that l- that's the limit of my wrestling knowledge.
0: The tombstone.
1: The tombstone. Yeah. Uh, what do they do with I,
0: that? I I'm not an expert, Like i Yeah. I mean, my my wrestling career was cut short when I never did it ever. Um, But I believe the tombstone, you you basically pick somebody up uh, and then slam them to the ground. So it it works really well for slam poetry. It has the word slam in it. It It does. And it cuts out all those, like, words that really, when you run out, if that happens, you know, if they don't get, you know, if the poems don't
2: get to you Mm -hmm. in time.
0: And then it
1: becomes sound poetry.
2: You transcend language.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's really ideal. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you, have you ever read slam poetry? Like, when it when it gets translated to the page, what happens? Like, how does that work?
2: Um, there's a few poets that have made successful leaps from the air onto the page, and I guess you just tend to pay more attention to word choice and these kind of formal elements when it's, when it's on the page, right? You don't have that kind of more colloquial or conversational feel to mm-hmm. it than when it's um, read aloud or performed, so... I would say they are two distinct genres, though there is overlap. <laughs> Indeed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, do you like? Do you read your stuff aloud uh, in the pro? Like as you're writing, like do you read it over and over aloud um, to get a sense of this music of it?
2: I should more than I do, and I think that's one thing we can all learn from performance poets and slam poets is really paying attention to to sound and um, rhythm and the way that a poem um, sounds aloud rather than in your head, which is sometimes, you know, not completely accurate. <laughs> yeah, fantastic.
0: So tell, tell me about some of, like, your recent work. Uh, I know that you have one book out already.
2: Yeah, um, my first book, Hacker Packer, came out um, last spring, I guess, now, in April of 2015. It's just kind of a collection of um everything I had written and felt was good. Um, so it's not a cohesive, it's not necessarily cohesive or it's not like a project book where, you know, all the poems are about one kind of subject matter or theme. It's kind of all over the place, but I wrote it, so it's cohesive in that way, I guess. (laughs) Um, and I've just been, yeah, putting poems in various literary journals, um, and online, online journals, the web. So the, the way of the future, even mm-hmm. even for a Canadian poet, it's <laughs> happening <laughs> yeah. before we know it. The
0: future even has come to Canada.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sounds strange. How long have you been at it?
2: Um, I began, I came to poetry late in my undergraduate career, I guess. I guess I was always afraid of, of poetry or resisted it, but it was in my last year, my undergrad. So I guess I was like 22 and I'm 26 now, so... Relatively recent, I suppose, but I've been, you know, writing fiction and, and plays and um, other forms of written. <laughs>
1: so you write words and you <laughs> put them on paper.
2: Is that how it happens? Yeah. These days it seems like it's mostly Twitter, but fair enough. <laughs> That's,
0: yep, the are microblogging. So yeah. if, you, if you do enough tw- tweets that rhyme, it eventually turns into poetry. Not, nice. many, not many people know that. Not many that. people know no. that. That's hot tip. <laughs> hot tip. That's my hot take on, <laughs> on Twitter and
1: poetry. Yeah. I've actually I've read, um, uh, when people criticize Twitter, uh, I've read stuff from writers who have said, um, novelists and prose writers uh, just don't understand Twitter. It doesn't make any sense to them. But poets and uh, lyric writers totally get it. That that trying to like hone a thought down to 140 characters, that kind of... You know, being very careful with language uh, Mm -hmm. on that scale is something that uh, you know poets have adapted to, and stand-up comedians too have adapted to much better than you know, like the I don't know the Margaret Wentes of the world who write you know lengthy screeds. So
2: yeah, I I for sure feel that you know I think fiction writers they just have. So much, so much writing to do that they maybe don't have time for Twitter. But there's some really amazing poets on Twitter. Like Melissa Broder has really used the the genre well, and she has this alter ego account called uh, So Sad Today, which is one of my favorite oh. Twitter accounts of all time. And it okay. just conveys like existential and uh, sadness or terror or something in a really wonderful way. Cool. So those yeah. are my
0: so would you would you care to like read one of your pieces for us today
2: sure i have one um that was published in an american journal wow called um prelude (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, online so um this is a poem i wrote after um traveling to iceland a few a few summers ago um so there might be a strange icelandic word in it um just just roll with it it's called a uh, saga allow me to sing you the song of my people says the common snipe from hulgrim skirch's steeple the arctic blue fox has skin for days we skinned his sleek fur with a sharpened blade from crown to chandelier the reindeer's rain past we sucked antlers marrow and poured a bronze cast. So many people were gathered there in the circles, three rows and a Britney song was on and farmers came to blows.
1: Great. Thank you. Did you actually suck marrow while you were in Iceland?
2: I did because I'm vegan, but if <laughs> I if I if anyone's seen the revenant, it looked really cool. Spoiler. Yeah. <laughs>
0: spoiler uh-huh. alert, sorry. Uh, not a huge spoiler alert. I think I think I, I think, think the previews
2: are... were a spoiler.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: There's I think there's bear liver, it gets eaten. You know, pretty much pretty much anything that can get eaten gets eaten in the revenant. too.: yeah. yeah.
1: That was Iceland.
2: It was cold.
1: <laughs> really? No, it was really amazing.
2: It was yeah. beautiful and surreal and alien like
1: yeah. Like for real? Because that's what everybody says about Iceland.
2: I know. <laughs> so I just so, kind of assumed yeah.
1: you'd get there and be like, "Oh man, it looks like Banff."
2: I mean, there was a lot of farms, which was a bit of a disappointment. I definitely wanted more like um, magical fairies and elves. Yeah. yeah. Then I saw.
0: Well, the yeah. farms might have been
2: staffed by fairies and elves. You never know. You shouldn't judge a, a farm in Iceland.
0: Elves gotta earn, is what it, as the saying goes in in Iceland probably not is that it yeah yeah maybe could be could be uh question about i think the penultimate line in the poem is that the the, was a britney song actually on or are you you just quoting miley
2: cyrus (laughs) there's layers you know a poet never reveals her secrets um yeah i think in iceland i had definitely a, a a kind of existential relation to to Brittany in some way, so that also happened, shall we say?
1: <laughs> Was this something that the Icelanders foisted on <laughs> you, or did you go seeking Brittany in Iceland?
2: Um, you God, know so. what happens in Iceland. You know, it's it's hard to put into words, which is why poets use use poetry to describe it instead. And they say if you if you can paraphrase a poem, it's it's not truly a poem. So
0: good point point. Sure. Yeah. and I honestly thought you were going to say what happens in Iceland stays in Iceland and I'm rather glad you didn't so, so yeah,
2: C- it's a cliche yeah. right
0: <laughs> but yeah, yeah. What, what's the um, the Wallace Stevens line, a poem must almost successfully resist the intelligence so, so yeah that's, that's that, my was, that was <laughs> a so really cool. good poll that's, <laughs>
1: thank you. I'm, I'm really impressed <laughs>
0: That's that's my that's my undergrad uh, years talking. Yeah. Uh, back back when poetry was uh, largely a bunch of like white dudes from the twentieth century uh, fist fighting each other in cabins and writing poems. and Yeah.
1: Stuff. Oh. Yeah. And now we now uh, well I should mention that we're on uh, CJTR ninety one point three FM. You're right. Virginia's community radio station. Um, who are your influences? Who do you who do you read poetry wise? Um, like who, sh- and t- who and should and who should we I read? Should, yeah. yeah,
2: that's right. Who should who should our audience read?
0: Is oh my goodness.
2: You? Well, I guess my first instinct is to point to some amazing Canadian poets, um, such as Stevie Howell, who is a Toronto poet, um, put out a collection, a, I think a year ago, um, and the title is Egyptian hieroglyphs that are un- unpronounceable, but in square brackets you can also call it uh, sharps. So oh. you can can check out that um collection and there's one coming out by another another canadian poet uh, michael Pryor, this spring so his Mm -hmm. first collection which deals with um his his um japanese and canadian ancestry and his grandparents were actually in japanese internment camps in canada so i think it's going to be an amazing um, amazing collection well that
0: sounds fascinating
2: yeah what about uh are there any poets
0: uh local poets uh that we should that we should be of reading or at least keeping track of how how about the slam poets showing up uh, at the uh, if 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 you happen to know the names
2: um yeah i have a a friend Kat uh, at abenstein i believe is how you maybe pronounce it um who's a who's a great local um sl- performance poet or or slam poet and then there's a um Local poet Courtney Bates Hardy, whose first collection of poems will be coming out this um, spring or 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 summer, so watch out for that. It's called um, I don't know, I can't remember the title, but um, it'll, it'll be it's it'll, it'll be a really great collection.
0: I have no doubt. And also, her husband has great taste in bad films. There so we go, Christian Bates oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and so, and the life that people. So, if people want to start being poets. How would you how do you how do you get started in the biz?
2: Man, um read 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 everything, not just not just poetry cuz you're already reading so much poetry I assume, but read read everything and anything and I think I think going out to an open mic or a slam event could be even if you're not performing yourself, but observing and then maybe one day getting up and and participating. Um there's also classes you can take, but you know, who wants to... No, I, I teach creative <laughs> writing at the University of Toronto. So. Who wants to do that, though?
1: Yeah. And what kind of lifestyle can people expect when they become successful poets like you? Um, jet-setting around the world to Iceland and other exotic locales and uh, caviar every night?
2: Um, it definitely requires persistence and a realistic view of of poverty in your <laughs> your your life but if you if you have passion for it i mean nothing's nothing's going to come in your way if it's what you truly want to do
0: oh, well said. <laughs> Very well said oh. so anything else do we is there anything else do you have another short poem to read for us
2: um i b- might have one sure sure um This one is also, I guess, Icelandic. Um, It's called Rift. Moss bonnets rusted on rocks along the rift, helmets fastened to skulls atop a lava plume. No one wanted a king, did you? When I fell into a rift where stone separated into two sides, magma filled its hole. Heat covered me as steam washed over volcanic rock, the path stinking of sulfur. I sought a boundary wall, stone that sheltered my skin from wind, and so stood at the ragged edge of the plate. Earth moved like lily pads, skimming on a pond of water that whirled. Motion made me this way, cut me to my surfaces the way Earth cut its teeth on stone, pushing flatness into mountains. Were humans even capable of change? The moss clung to its surfaces, lichen teeming on ridges. My body wedged in place as moss bridged gaping canyon to New Valley.
1: Awesome.
3: Thanks a okay. lot.
2: So,
0: much. so uh, when a lot of poets have um, interests, like they, you know, the verge on sort of all-consuming obsessions, uh, so what sort, of, what sort of themes or concerns really dominate your poetry?
2: Um, I guess I have been fortunate to be able to do a little bit of traveling um, due to you know various saskatchewan arts board grants and things like that which i'm really grateful to have received so i was able to um tra- besides traveling to iceland um i was able to go to europe and view a lot of the the great art um so a lot of my work is ekphrastic in that it um acknowledges art or um reflex on artwork but i also like to bring together the contemporary world and music that i love and Pop culture and Twitter and Instagram and kind of silly, fleeting, trivial things like that. Yeah. <laughs> so bringing those two together.
0: Could you could you uh, just briefly explain ekphrasis for sure? Yeah.
2: Ekphrasis is like when you see an artwork and it's so magnificent that the poet is moved to to write on it, or it, it may not necessarily be poetry either. I think the first ekphrasis was like in the Iliad, the description of Achilles' shield. So. Get those art history points for that. <laughs> yeah, it's,
1: if it's your prof w- is listening, they will take your degree back.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's just writing about art. So, yeah, maybe it makes sense because mo- I have two brothers and they're both, oh, I have three brothers, but two of them are visual artists and one's a, a writer like me. So maybe it makes sense. <laughs>
1: So, basically, yes. you've it's got perfect. the genes. That's what it is.
2: That's, that's right. maybe what it is. We got our parents' gene DNA test wow. for Christmas, so... Oh. We're hoping, the, <laughs> hoping the DNA results on art will come back. Nice. <laughs> yes or no. I'll come back positive for art. Too. Yeah. Okay, it's a you... mutation, maybe.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, my God, you're a mutant. <laughs> uh, so, do you have anything coming out soon that people should know about... Uh, that you want to promote? Um, I, there's
2: Stephanie.
1: another there's
2: another reading in in February 9th at Campion College. So if you miss the poetry slam, you can you can co- or if you go to the port, you can also go to that. Cool. You, when when and where is it happening again? And uh, what, what's the price of admission? So the word up fundraiser is tomorrow Friday January fifteenth at eight p.m. at the Creative City Center, and it's. Ten dollars, or I think, pay what you can.
0: Very nice, perfect. And and we ju- and if you show up, you just might end up being a judge. I've, I hear
2: you might be a judge, or you might even be a performer <laughs> so on it's, stage. It's like anything goes when you get there.
0: So. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Cassie. We really appreciate it. Um, we've 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 gotten you something. <laughs> oh wow! Um, because anybody who appears on our on our at our meetings. Uh, gets a certificate of improvement. Wow, thank you so much. We it's made, beautiful. <laughs> Indeed, it is. This I'll is write
2: in a necrastic poem about it.
0: Oh,
1: we'd be so <laughs> honored. <laughs> I
0: think I just kind of squeed a little
1: Yeah. Bit. That was weird. <laughs> Not in one of the company chairs, I hope.
2: <laughs> we don't have the budget.
1: No. no. Okay, well, thanks again for coming.
2: Thanks, thanks for, for having
1: me. me. Yeah. And And um, yeah, so next up.
0: Innovative revenue tools, is it?
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah. Each week, uh, we look at new and interesting ways for the city to improve its bottom line. And this week, we have a proposal to consider from the uh, Task Force for Sport and Recreation Pioneerism. Nice. Yeah. Tell Tell me about it. Apparently what happened is uh, somebody on the task force was looking out their window and watched their garbage get collected and uh, they noticed that it's not, uh, times have changed, there's no longer like a guy in the back of the truck who jumps off, grabs your garbage pail and dumps it into the truck. Right. They now have these massive robot arms that reach off the truck, grab your bin and then upend it into the top of the truck.
0: Sir, is this like the loaders from Aliens?
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's what the task force is thinking, that just with a little bit of rebranding, we no longer have garbage trucks, we now have mechas. Nice. Yeah, so you know what a mecha is. It's a uh, mainstay of Japanese animation, uh, featured heavily in the film Pacific Rim from a few years ago. It's like guys in large machines with, that are robotic, and they go out and they smash things like kaiju. Or and just,
0: but for example... For or, example... Or, like, anybody that gets in their way or looks at them, like, gives them the side eye.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So you're inside this robot, like our um, uh, waste disposal guys are, and uh, the task force is recommending that what we should do is we need to monetize our uh, our fleet of mecha garbage trucks... Nice. ...by taking them out somewhere uh, into a big open space and making them fight.
0: Excellent. And then we charge And then
1: we'll we'll yeah. Yeah. Basically they can like they can drive around and they can like reach out with their arms and like smash into each other and the you know, the truck that first gets like disabled or tipped over is the loser and then the winner um gets the thing. Uh, pride and they can oh. protect the city if we're ever attacked by kaiju
0: which which is likely to
1: happen exactly exactly Sinarily.
0: at least stats bear this out yeah kaiju eventually will attack
1: exactly oh, yeah yeah and you know in an infinite universe eventually everything will happen exactly and um yeah so I mean, we can like we can set up a whole league and we could have you know different teams that we could get um you know uh, you know, different characters, and they can like fight out in like box store parking lots, which should be sufficiently big enough. And um, the task force is thinking that you know, in the in the near term, uh, it, we won't be able to like you know tax the, the 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 Mecca garbage truck league right away or charge for anything. Right. But they figure there's like you know a lot of revenue to be earned in the gray market, you know, gambling.
0: Oh, uh, oh, well. I mean, so we could have we could partner with the casino.
1: Ex- oh, that's a good idea. Yes. Yeah, because the city loves partnerships, exactly. synchronicities with like other other departments.
0: We need to pass this on up to the sixth floor.
1: Absolutely, we do. Yeah.
0: Just, there's a mail slot. I, that's where I take all my reports. I just put them through the slot. I'm pretty sure they pick them up. Um, I've had trouble getting my reports through the slot lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems jammed with something, other reports maybe. Sure. They'll come get them soon. Eventually. 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 Awesome. So okay. What else do we have for innovative revenue tools?
1: Well, let's uh take a look.
0: Well, how was that?
1: How were those innovative revenue tools?
0: They were they were fantastic. Yeah. I, I agree. Like like I said, every week they seem to get better. Yeah. And this week was the uh, the best yet.
1: I have high hopes for For the city's revenue,
0: I think we should partner with the whoever makes those other innovative revenue tools. I think they're up on the fourth floor. Are they? Yeah, good. That's
1: what I hear. All right. Um, What's next on the agenda, Hayden? Uh,
0: The we have the uh, Regina. um, We three fools. We
1: yes, that's it. Yes, you you nailed it.
0: Yeah, I did. Regina WTF.
1: Yeah. So uh, we've been, uh, we started last week profiling each of the city's 10 wards and the counselors therein. And last week it was Ward 1 and Councillor Barb Young. And so this week we're going to take a look at Ward 2. Oh, that sounds
0: pretty numerical. It is. (laughs) Nice. Yeah.
1: And um, we're going to be uh, looking at, uh, the counselor there is uh, Bob Hawkins.
0: Mr. Bob Hawkins. Yeah, the hawk. Yeah.
1: Oh uh, but okay, so first of all, let's t- uh, just so everybody knows, because like not everybody gets all over the city like we do. Uh, Ward Two is south of College and west of Albert Street. Um, but we'll uh, take a closer look with uh, our little. Um, uh, we'll just, you know, get the outlines read
4: out. Woo. <laughs> Commencing at the West City Limit to Regina Avenue, east on Regina Avenue to Arcola Street, south on Arcola Street to McCallum Avenue, east on McCallum Avenue to Albert Street, south on Albert Street to South City Limit, west along the South City Limit to the West City Limit, north along the West City Limit to Point Commencement, and from me to you, that's Ward 2. Yeah, that's Ward 2. That's nice. And
1: I've really got to work on my yeah. segues into that little bit. That's,
0: uh, that was, yeah. you, I'm sure by the concerned.
1: time we're like, you know, at like eight or nine, I'll have it all sorted out. and <laughs> <laughs> it'll be all over and we won't have any more of these recorded bits.
0: We'll just start at the beginning.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just Why yeah.
1: not? Um, so, Ward 1, uh, within that boundary that uh, uh, Shane Hanek had just uh, so kindly read out for us, uh, it includes Southland Mall, the Golden Mile, La- Lakeview Fine Foods, uh, the airport. Regina Rugby Park, all of Harbor Landing, the grasslands shopping area, uh, and so that includes like Lowe's and Lancaster Dapos. That's Ward 2.
0: So Barb uh,
1: Young's constituency was
0: largely a lake, mm-hmm. and uh, in the aggregate, Bob Hawkins' constituency is mostly mall and airport.
1: And parking lot.
0: And parking lot. Yeah, so he there's...
1: might actually have the most... Asphalt within his constituency mm. of
0: awesome. any counselor. Wow, so just a lot of empty space. Yeah. I ho- I hope that empty
1: space appreciates everything that Bob Hawkins I'm does. I'm sure it does. I'm sure it does. Uh, I don't know. Do you know a lot about Bob Hawkins? Well, uh, I'll tell you something. When I see Bob
0: Hawkins, I I get the sense that there's something there's something we don't know about him. Like there's some kind of secret origin going on with Bob.
1: He's Hawkins. a lawyer. Ah or at least he teaches at the uh John he teaches law at the Johnson Shoyama School of Public Policy. And And he also did a short uh fifteen month stint, very short, as the president of the University of Regina from two thousand five, two thousand six. It was an unstinting stint. It was, it was. Uh in his words he left uh quote in view of differences of opinion on management philosophy and other issues. And in the words of uh, then Board of Governor Chair Mo Bundon, uh, quote, "The differences that we speak about are differences of managerial style, and the board and President Hawkins determined that they were not perfectly aligned, and it was time for President Hawkins to give consideration to what he wanted to do." End quote.
0: And in the words of Quetzalcoatl or Q, the Winged Serpent. Ah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> if people have been listening to our Everyone's show I'm glad you agree. <laughs> yeah. I can't I can't argue with Quentin Powell. <laughs> He'll eat me. <laughs> uh, since joining co- council Hawkins's style has been on full display which I think has come up in the show or in their meetings uh, occasionally. And uh, I actually I, I have a clip here. This is uh, Bob Hawkins talking about the stadium. This is from a couple of years ago when they were approving the financing plan for the stadium and this is what Bob Hawkins had to say on that.
3: The clincher for me is that I simply cannot imagine Regina without a very fine football stadium. I can't do it. And nor a hundred years ago when people started to think about Taylor Field could they imagine Regina without such a facility. So if you concede, as I think you must, that Regina has to have a very good stadium, then you've got to ask yourself, what are our options here? Well, one option is we renovate. But we've heard the numbers on that. Most of us have been inside uh, Taylor Field at least once. It's past the tipping point where we can patch it up. And expect much life out of it. Indeed, if we spend money patching it up, we're going to be right here back, right here, back at this in another 10 or 15 years. And at that point, the option of building a new stadium will be double or triple what it is today. So what option are we left with? We're left only with the option of building a new stadium. And that's where the financial model comes in. The mayor is exactly correct. There's one fact that you have to take away from this debate tonight, and it's this. The the citizens of Regina are going to be asked to put up $73 million, and they will get for that a $278 million facility. That's not just a good deal. It's a hell of a deal. Now, you may say, well, what about the interest? Well, many of you will have owned homes. You can't put up all the money on your home on day 1. You can't lay out the cash. So you take out a mortgage and you pay interest on that amount. And you understand that as you pay interest, you are using your home going forward into the future. Yeah.
0: Wait, hold hold on a second. I just I I want to I want to interrogate that uh that little piece there. Sure. So, but Hawkins said he was incapable of imagining Regina without a very fine stadium. And at the time, there was only one stadium, the grounded up and broken. And obviously, he did not consider the current stadium to be very fine. So, by his own admission, he is incapable of imagining Regina. Wow, that's really strange.
1: You've just blown my mind. <laughs> I, think, I, mean, there's, I, think,
0: I think there's some medieval philosophy, uh, yeah. like sort of like squirreled away in there about unicorns and gods. Yeah, uh, yeah. But anyway, That's what I, I also.
1: Continue, oh, no, I also like the fact that he justifies the uh, the 30, 30, actually it's now 31.5 years of interest rate or interest payments we're going to be making on the stadium by comparing it to a uh, mortgage. And uh, mm. 30-year mortgages in Canada are not advisable if they're even allowed. Uh, they're one of the things that led to, you know, the financial crisis of 2008.
0: <laughs> they, they are allowed. You have to have a lot of money to put down to get that,
1: though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess we put down a fair chunk of change on this stadium. We're going to be paying for it for a long time. But, yeah, 30-year mortgage, I'm not sure if that's, like, the best thing we should be comparing this expenditure on to. Um, The uh, last thing that I just wanted to mention about Councillor Hawkins, uh, in my research of the man, um, I discovered that uh, he is, as far as I've been able to ascertain, the only city councilor who appears in a sea shanty. Wow! Yeah, um, this uh, I found this. The song is called "Squid Jiggin' Ground," and I found a live performance by Stompin' Tom Connors. And here's like a little clip from that. <laughs>
3: The man with the whisker is old Jacob Steele. He is getting well up, but he's still pretty sound. While Uncle Bob Hawkins wears six pairs of stockings, whenever he's out on the squid digging ground, says Bobby, the squids are on
4: top of the water.
3: I just get me jiggers about one fathom down But a squid in the boat squirted right down his throat And he's swearing like mad on the squid jigging drum Now if ever you feel
1: it Yep, I I thought so. Bob (laughs) the Squid Jigger Hawkins.
0: The the, Squid Jigger Hawkins, who was incapable of imagining a, that a squid would like actually shoot ink down his throat. Yeah, but look what happened.
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs> it, and now apparently a very fine stadium is going to be uh, going up as well. He
1: has come so far. Yeah, yeah, from those humble beginnings on the squid chicken ground. All right, so that's War Two. War Two, fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, next on the agenda. Well, I think I think it behooves us
0: to uh, to mention that we are actually. Broadcasting this uh, this here meeting on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina's community radio station. We are indeed. And that is uh, in compliance with memo um, EX1063. Um, they wanted outreach, so every week we broadcast our meetings.
1: We are and outreaching and the heck.
0: At, at this, this. And I think the citizens of Regina, are, uh, they're, th- they're thankful. They're thanking us for it, even as we speak.
1: I'm sure. All right, next up, we have another guest. Another one? yes we do uh that's what that guy is doing yeah
0: i thought he was working here
1: no if he was he's doing a terrible job (laughs) (laughs) No, we have blair roberts from the ymca here tonight uh to talk about an outstanding improvement uh regina now has a housing first strategy we understand there was a report released on wednesday by your organization
5: yeah yeah uh you guys are going to make me follow the squid jigger, I guess. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's a tough yeah. act to follow here, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we released uh, our report on Wednesday. We're really excited about it. People have been waiting for a long time um, for us to actually start acting on homelessness instead of just reporting on it and talking about it. Um, so this has been a long time coming, and we're really excited to move forward.
1: Cool. Uh, so the report talks uh, specifically about, like, it's more than just like a homelessness strategy. It's speaking about a uh, specific kind of homelessness strategy called Housing First. Mm-hmm. Uh, could you give everybody sort of an idea of what Housing First is?
5: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Housing First is a philosophy that uh, basically says everyone deserves a, a place to live. Um, and it's, it also says that It's difficult to deal with the underlying issues of homelessness if you don't have a place to lay your head at night. If you're always worried about where you're going to stay, then how do you expect to deal with things like addictions or mental health or family breakdown? Um, And so what Housing First does is it says, we're going to take those people who have the most trouble being housed and we're going to give them a place to sleep. We're going to give them a place to call their own. And we're not going to put conditions on that. (coughs) Excuse me. And the old model would say, kind of flip that around and say, you know, okay, if you're homeless, then you got to start in emergency shelters, you've got to prove that you're ready for transitional shelters, and then maybe if you get through these programs, then we'll give you or help you find housing.
1: Yeah, and um, sometimes they would expect people with, like, substance abuse uh, problems to, like, clean themselves up before they would yeah. get any kind of help.
5: Which, I mean, when you think about it, if you if I put myself in that position... I was on the street and dealing with substance abuse issues with a lack of supports around me. I mean, I don't know how I'd deal with that if I didn't have a place to sleep at night.
1: Right. And so with Housing First, um, people who uh, are having trouble uh, staying in housing, um, they're they're actually given a place to stay, a place to live, and uh, you guys will help them pay for the rent... Uh, help them deal with the landlords. Help them, uh, you know, get furniture in there. All of these things.
5: Yeah, yeah. There'll be a support team placed around them. So we'll, we'll assess people, uh, figure out who's a good fit for the program. Uh, those who are will join. Those who aren't, we're not going to just leave on their own. We're going to make sure we find proper fits for them. Um, and then we got to work with landlords, build relationships there, so we have lots of apartments and places available. Uh, and then once they're actually in the house, there's a team wrapped around them that's going to offer them the support that they need, you know. And so, so and
1: it'll it'll help them get sort of the medical help and the uh, sure, the counseling yeah. help that they need to to be able to stay long term in this housing.
5: Yeah, definitely. Um, and and it'll get it for them when they're ready. You know, right. um, some programs and and you know everybody's different. So people people come to this at different levels. So some people might not be uh, ready quite to end their substance abuse once they're in housing and we're not going to necessarily we're not going to kick them out of the program for that we're going to work with them support them and then once they're ready um help them take that step that they need
1: right um okay i think for a lot of people they're going to find this sounds crazy mm-hmm. right uh you know you're putting these homeless people in and you're going to pay for their rent and all sure. of that yeah, uh, aren't they just taking jobs and yeah.
0: tax monies and yeah? Where am I yeah. going to live? <laughs> That's right. For every person who, for every homeless person who's like housed, I don't like a, an upstanding citizen will be kicked out
1: on the street. Yeah.
0: This is what this is. I think what they fear yeah. is like a zero sum <clears throat> game.
1: Yeah. And Aiden yeah. has problems because you know he basically lives here in the boiler room. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> um, but what kinds of benefits do the, does like for the larger community? What does sure. what does this provide?
5: yeah well i i kind of I guess I understand that sentiment but i 'd also say i think it 's kind of misunderstanding the concept quite a bit to say that um, you know it 's a free handout. Uh, the reality is that when people live on the streets, they cost a lot of money to the system, um, whether it 's through uh, police services being in and out of prison, going to the emergency room, uh, getting psychiatric emergency help um, that costs a lot of money. Uh, the report we just released that details the Regina Housing First model, um, based on other studies that have been done, estimates that for every ten dollars you spend on housing first, you're saving approximately twenty-one. I think it's twenty-one dollars and seventy-two in savings on those types of items. And so, you know, you you can be concerned about the handout of a free house, but at the same time, if you're looking at it from an economic standpoint, really, um, you know. Besides the fact that it's just the dignity of the person, and you know that—that that to me is the most important thing. But you know, um, looking at it from the economic standpoint too, I do think there's a lot of benefits to the to the province and to the city.
1: And this isn't a brand new thing. This isn't something we're we're trying out first ever.
5: No, no, it's been tried all over uh, the states and Canada, and it's, it's it seems to be picking up steam everywhere. Um, it's. And it's a huge success. Everybody's yeah, yeah. Tried. It's a proven model. This isn't a theory anymore. Um, it's something that works. It's something that um, has seen success everywhere that it's been tried.
1: Right. Uh, can you tell me about Medicine Hat?
5: Yeah, yeah. I think Medicine Hat is kind of the prime example of, you know, I, I think the, the label that was put on them as the first city to end chronic homelessness, you know, similar to Utah in the United States. Um, and so I know there's a lot of those conversations uh, um, happening back then. Even the mayor, who who is uh, the mayor currently, back when he was a city councilor, was very against housing first because of some of those same concerns you guys brought up. Um, but once he caught the vision of it and got on board with it, you know, it, it ends up housing people. It gives them the support they need, and it ends up uh, saving money and helping the city. And so they've effectively gotten rid of chronically homeless people and and what i mean by chronically homeless is people who are regularly homeless um for half a year or more and so so it's a beautiful system they're doing really well there they're working hard together a lot of the community service organizations seem to um really have the vision and be supporting each other and getting the supports they need for people
1: yeah oh um so but what about here in regina like uh how many homeless people are there? Like, who's going to be served by this program?
5: You know, it's very hard to say. I think the the number that we have right now is 232. Now, that number might be a little bit deceiving because there's many more than 232 people that are homeless on a given year. Um, but um, in May 13th, 2015, we did a point-in-time count of homelessness. Uh, in partnership, uh, the YMCA did this with their federal funding. And we counted 232 people that were staying in emergency shelters, transitional shelters, and that were rough sleeping on the street. Um, And the number is likely much larger than that, several thousand larger than that, because that was just one night over the course of a few hours.
1: Yeah, it's Um, one data point. Yeah, and that
5: doesn't really take into account the hidden homeless, the people who are sleeping on their friend's couch until they get kicked out or um the women and children in domestic violence situations that are scared to leave like there's there's a much bigger number out there than that 232 but it at least gave us a a base number to start with
0: right will you need to be working with uh, landlords around the city to implement this uh, model
5: yeah definitely um as part of the housing first report that we just released um the organization that we hired to help us, McNair Business Developments, uh, hosted some community consultations, and one of those consultations was actually specifically with landlords. And so we had a bunch of landlords come together to a room uh, to pitch housing first, to talk to housing first. And there's actually landlords who have experience with this in Alberta, in places like Medicine Hat, Calgary, uh, and they're on board with it. They they see hmm. the vision. Uh, maybe not everyone, you know, but the the response that we've had from them has been a very positive one so far, and we, we suspect there's lots of readiness for this from landlords.
1: Good. Um, and uh, how did you guys end up being the lead on this, uh, the YMCA? Mm-hmm. Uh,
5: in about, I think it was 2012, um, the Federal Homelessness Partnering Strategy put out a call for proposals in Regina to say, who wants to kind of lead this, head this up, and handle the funding. And so the YMCA put in an application, and uh, they were the ones that were selected to, to handle the funding. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an ongoing relationship right now. Uh, we signed in 2014 a five-year contract, so we have that funding coming through till 2019 right now.
1: Right. Um, this the, the funding, this homelessness uh, funding that's been coming into Regina, it's been, it's been coming in for several years now. What has it been going to, if not to Housing First up until now?
5: Just various uh, community service organizations that are doing yeah. work around homelessness. So um, I think Housing First is a philosophy. I think almost every community service organization is on board with this. But that doesn't eliminate the need for other services in the city that are doing incredible work. I mean, you guys are right here in a building with the Circle Project that's doing great work, um, meeting the needs of those in poverty. Um, i I could list uh (laughs) there's there's tons of them yeah
1: we would be in a building with the circle project if we were operating at a building but here we are in the basement of city hall
5: of course well sorry uh yeah i put my foot in my mouth there (laughs) uh but yeah there's there's just so many organizations out there that are doing amazing work and so we've been funding them until we're ready for this housing first project um so yeah yeah
1: how much money you guys have for this?
5: Uh, we have $400,000 specifically for the Housing First. Um, each year we have a million dollars in funding, so that means in the 2016-17 calendar year, we're going to be uh, giving $400 that's dedicated directly to Housing First, and that leaves approximately 600000 that's going to still go to those other organizations that are doing support work around homelessness.
1: Yeah. That doesn't seem like... Okay, so the report, uh, it runs through all the things that you guys are going to have to do, which is uh, you know f- find people who are suitable for this program uh, work with them work with landlords find places for these people to live move them in and then pri- provide them long-term support uh, w- you know one-on-one 400k it doesn't sound like it's going to go very far how are you guys going to make this sustainable into the long term
5: yeah that's a it's a very good question and Um, Like I said, we have this federal funding until 2019, so this program isn't going away anytime soon. Uh, It's going to be here for at least the next uh, three years, and we have hopes that that will continue much past that. Um, You know, there's definitely a role for the private sector to play, for other NGOs and grants, um, volunteers to play, and kind of leveraging the money, making it go further. Um, Ultimately, I think we need... um, you know, this is a social issue and government needs to take part in it as well. So um, poverty costs, poverty is expensive. (laughs) I know that sounds counterintuitive, but it costs money. So either you're going to pay for it now or you're going to pay for it later. And so I think ultimately we want to see more levels of government stepping up and seeing the benefits of this and being able to put more funding into it so we can support more teams and uh, work even more towards that goal of ending homelessness.
1: Um, What role have other levels of government played within Saskatchewan, like the city of Regina and the uh, province of Saskatchewan?
5: Sure, yeah. The city uh, currently has um, a representative on our board. We have a community advisory board that makes all our funding decisions, and so uh, she reports to the Mayor's Housing Commission, which reports to city council. And so there's a direct line of contact there for us, and uh, we try to kind of keep them informed of what's going on. As far as uh, the provincial government, we also have a um, representative from the Ministry of Social Services on board, um, and they also... um, as i understand it now are in charge of the poverty reduction strategy which was commissioned by them last year i haven't really heard of what's going to come of that yet but i know that housing first was a a core component of that and so our our hope i guess is that with this project um this four hundred thousand dollars in this first year of this pilot project we're going to be able to have great results and that they'll see that and that they'll they'll you know, I, I think they're on board with the vision already. It's just a question of um, working together to, to see this through.
1: And maybe get some money from them.
5: That would be helpful, <laughs> yeah. I th- I, you know, ultimately, I, I hate to say it's about money, but really I think there's a, so much more you can do when there's more funding. Um, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. This is true. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming out and talking to yeah. us about this today. Yeah, and thank um, you, guys. Is yeah. it, uh, Housing First is a really exciting project. I'm glad you guys are
5: doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. We're We're excited about it, too.
1: And to show
0: our appreciation, uh, we've uh, yes. drawn up a certificate <laughs> for you. Oh, man. A certificate of improvement to acknowledge that you are an improvement vector. That for is the great. Queen City Improvement Bureau.
5: Well, I'm going to show this off to my colleagues tomorrow.
1: Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for another one. Another one? Another one. Yeah, I think, we, I think we should call it an adjournment, maybe.
0: Should we adjourn the meeting?
1: Okay, motion to adjourn the meeting? I will second that motion.
0: Okay, well, we don't have quorum, but motion passed anyway. Right on by by the magic by the magic of uh, the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Audience, you have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau in compliance with Memo EX ten sixty three. We broadcast on ninety one point three FM CJTR Regina's Community Radio Station. We can also be found on Facebook uh, Queen City Improvement Bureau and on Twitter at, at Queen City IB, or you can listen to our podcasts. If not on the CJTR site, then on QueenCityIB.com, which does not stand for original ballot. So stop emailing us. On behalf of everybody here, thank you very much. Thank you, Blair. Thank you, Cassidy. Thank you, Ryan, for uh, supplying our theme, and of course, Tom uh, Stomp and Tom Cars. That's about it. Keep on improving, Regina.
4: This is the 91.3 FM Business Billboard. Regina Community Radio is delighted with the support of the following businesses.
1: There's no business like snow business, and there's no business better than Kennedy Management at removing snow, whether it's your business, multi-unit residence, or your home. Indoors, they can do first-rate home renovation like drywall
3: and painting. Kennedy does a lot so you don't have to. Call 596-7896. That's 596-7896.
5: Why spend all that money, not to mention grueling hours on remodeling your bathroom? Bath Fitter can finish a complete installation in one day. That's right, one day, using top-quality customized products and services. Over 25 years' experience and free estimates, too. Call 757-BATH. That's 757-2284. Or go to bathfitter.com.
4: This has been the Business Billboard. Thank you for supporting Regina Community Radio. The Talent Pool on 91.3 FM CJTR. Come out and enjoy live entertainment at one of these fine venues. At the Casino Regina Show Lounge tomorrow, Trooper. And on Saturday, Karen Granger live in Lasting Impressions. At the Exchange tomorrow, the Cultural Exchange Holiday Party. And on Saturday, an album of hunting songs at the Danny Joe album release. Celebrating 25 years, the Bushwalker Brew Pub presents on Monday, January 18th, the Shane Reock Band. On the Artful Dodgers stage tonight, live on 11th with Kiefer McLean. And tomorrow, Next Generation Art Show. The Talent Pool, your live entertainment listings, only on Regina Community Radio.
3: 91.3
2: FM, CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Our programming is made possible by community-minded businesses like Affinity Credit Union and by listeners like you.
1: Following programming may contain but is not
4: limited to yeah. moderate profanity, regular profanity, yeah. loud yeah. yeah. mic squeaks, yeah. headstones, yeah. bands moves, yeah. yeah. verbal ticks, deer ticks, yeah. obscenely long winded chit chat, yeah. obscenely long winded rock and roll, yeah. and strange indie slang. Listeners are encouraged to utilize their own discernment to draw their own conclusions. Oh, and take discretion. Faster than a speeding bullet,
0: more powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. It's It's the Nerdcore
4: Cataract! There, nerd heard You are tuned in to Matty B's Nerdcore Cabaret, coming to you live on Regina's only uh, community radio station. Your best friend when it comes to broadcasting you wonderful things that you're not going to find anywhere else on the old airwaves. That's right. FM, CDDR, Regina Community Radio. We're not broadcasting you through space and time or any other bollocks. We are live in the booth right now, bringing you two hours of video game soundtracks, nerdcore, hip-hop, retro wave, sci-fi, anime, all the good stuff that made your awkward years so awkward and your high school and elementary years very painful and very lonely, but it don't worry, it paid off because now you're old and you're the most interesting adult. Yeah, culture's ours now. Way to rocket nerds. You could almost say it's a kind of a revenge, a revenge of certain nerds, a revenge of maybe almost the nerds. You never know, kids. Huh. Well, our first live broadcast of the year. And I gotta tell you, kids, 2016 is off to a rough start. We've lost so many of the greats in a very condensed period of time. Lemmy gone, Bowie gone. And today we mark the passing of Alan Rickman. And the Nerdcore Cabaret has musical tributes to all those wonderful classmasters. We're gonna start it off with some Motorhead, a great song for arguably one of wrestling's great. This song happened because Triple H was such a huge fan of Motorhead. This is the game cuz it's, it's time to play the game. Time to play the game. Time to play the game.
2: And now you play all about control And if you can take it, it's all
0: about your sanity